Radio, your source for everything paranormal and beyond. The views and opinions expressed by the host and its guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para X Radio Network, its affiliates, its sponsors, or Paranormal Universal Press LLC. Paranormal Encounters podcast series is educational, entertaining, and intriguing. Be careful what you wish for. what you wish for. Ever get that feeling that something might be hanging around? Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paranormal Encounters podcast series. The producer and host of this series is Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz. She will be joining you shortly. Before we meet Dr. Schutz, let me give you some background about her. She is a published author and academic, former legal investigator, and paranormal enthusiast who holds four advanced degrees in the area of higher education and applied communications with a secondary interest in parapsychology and life-after-death issues. Dr. Schutz travels to haunted locations all over the United States and Europe, seeking out situations to investigate. A sensitive intuitive, Dr. Schutz has had numerous experiences with the paranormal since the age of nine, with her most frightening and recent experience being an oval-shaped floor-length mirror cycling around in front of her in a haunted room she had stayed in. She has photographed apparitions in a screened window, been kicked up into the air, been sat on, choked, put into a trance, attacked, and continuously sought out by the unknown who want to share a message with her. From her personal experiences and in interviewing others, she has written nearly a hundred illustrated stories in her book series entitled Paranormal Encounters. The Paranormal Encounters podcast series will initiate with Dr. Schutz first discussing a variety of interesting topics, as well as her personal experiences that will evolve into other segments for your interest, enjoyment, and education. Each podcast episode will be approximately 45 minutes long. Dr. Schutz welcomes your questions and comments. How to contact her or ways to order her books will be mentioned at the end of this podcast. Whether you're listening at home, at work, or anywhere, thanks for making Para-X part of your day. Your source for everything paranormal, Para-X. Good evening, everyone, and thanks again for joining me for another episode of Paranormal Encounters podcast series as published by Paranormal Universal Press, LLC. My name is Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz. I am the host and the producer of this show. Well, I think we're finally past a few interviews here. By the way, more are coming. And I thought I would give you a break from listening to interviews and get into a real guest who has finally answered some of my questions, but yet we're all still chasing after the same question 
is it paranormal or is it extraterrestrial? And so I think this guest as well is going to help me get closer to an answer as well as a few others. So tonight we are going to probably have a two-part session here. And this is with Mr. Dale White. And just Mr. Dale White would consider himself to be an orbologist. Why? Because this is what he does. He seems to go after trying to figure out what these orbs are, and in the process of doing so, has made some remarkable discoveries and has absolutely compelling pictures and video of things you and I have never seen before. Guaranteed. But the question is, what are these things? Are they extraterrestrial? Are they something that we are still expelling from ourselves that make no sense to us? What exactly are these various creature-like orbs that are flitting around, possibly in your home too, but around our homes outside? And and most importantly, what are they doing and why are they here? Okay, so... Just a little bit of background on Mr. White. Dale had his first apparition experience around the age of six, which he will talk about in the interview. He also had a UFO experience while, I don't know what he was looking for in the cemetery, but he was looking for something, at the age of 14 with his friend where a um, a craft did hover over him and his friend, shining the light on them. And they believed they escaped the situation, but I have a feeling they didn't escape everything. And then he's going to talk a little bit about that. And then he's going to talk about his experience while being in the military, of which he has a really good picture that he has posted on his Facebook page, of what I call the hat man. And so we could go on and on and on and on, but he is like a real diehard when it comes to wanting to figure some of this stuff out. So without further ado, we're going to get into his interview and then I'm going to probably end up splitting this episode at some point and then we will finish him off in episode number two. But I am still in touch with Mr. White, and he shares an awful lot with me and the world on the captures and the photographs and the videos that he is currently doing to try to bring more truth about this phenomena to the world. And I will give you that information at the end of this show and also at the end of show number two. All right, as they say... Sit back and enjoy. Stay tuned. Well, Dale, my goodness, it sounds to me like we're going to have a really good discussion tonight. And so, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Dr. Kelly. It's my pleasure to be here. Why don't we um, start, usually people want to know where it kind of sort of all begins and I I do know that in, from your introduction in the introduction we talked a little bit about how um as a child uh you uh, lived with I think you said uh, potentially your your aunt who was an American Indian and you actually had uh probably your more than but but one really obvious paranormal experience why don't you tell us just a little bit about about that yes um I was camping in Florida with my aunt along a, a river where a lot of paranormal things occur and um, we saw a ghost well it was just a glowing figure with the silhouette of a person and um, she told me that you know I said what is that and she said it's a ghost and it's okay and it's normal And anyway long story short she taught me that it was normal um that ghosts were normal and a paranormal was not to be afraid of. What did this ghost look like? Um, it looked like a, a brilliant, glowing, like a 
uh, like a lime green glowing human silhouette figure and it was uh, just moving down the sand trail just real slow and it was there all night long and I just sat and watched it all night and uh, it never did lock, lose the glow that it had it was real brilliant could could you could you tell if it was male or female? She told me that it was an old woman. My aunt did. So um, I guess they'd seen this lady wandering down by the river several times. Did um, by chance did she know uh, anything more? Was she psychic in the sense of knowing anything more about this old woman that was uh, constantly walking that path? Yeah, she she knew a lot about it. Um, she knew a lot more than she told me, I'm sure. But, um, you know, with with uh, her beliefs, she obviously knew it was an older woman. But I'm not sure of uh, the history of it. Okay. So you're probably around, from what I've gathered, around maybe kindergarten age or maybe up to the age of five or six at the time. And then you had another experience, which sounds really interesting, to um to me and probably to everybody that hears this, you had encountered what appeared to be some type of a UFO craft in the um in a cornfield. Can you tell us a little bit about the cemetery and the and then seeing this craft and and everything? Sure. Um, as a teenager, um, it was a summer night in a rural um, graveyard, and we were hanging out. You know looking for ghosts and um it seemed to be uh like a helicopter was coming towards us with a bright light shining on us and the closer it got um the more we noticed that it wasn't making any noise and it was shining a huge bright light on us we got scared we got in the car we drove down the to the end of the gate now and when we got down the road a little bit we could see where it was and it was still shining its light where we were to begin with hmm. and then we could see the we could see the craft from the side um we couldn't see it when it was shining its lights in our eyes but as we got down the road we could see and it looked like a big cast iron belly just like a you know it was a disc and then it started moving across the cornfield and then it shot straight up in the into the cosmos as fast as you could see. So how, if you were to um, put a size on this craft or this um, iron, uh, I guess, craft, uh, real big, medium size, small, what would you say? I would say it was medium sized. It wasn't small, it wasn't huge. Okay. So... And the one thing that it was still doing while you were trying to... I guess not necessarily escape it, but get away from it so you could get back into your vehicle. For some reason, it was still uh, shining its light in the area where you were initially standing, right? Yes, and it was still very bright and illuminated. Did you say that it illuminated over you to begin with? Yes. Did it, you? It came, it shined its light on us, and then the light came straight down. Real, really, really close. Interesting. And then we noticed, we noticed it wasn't making any noise at all. And then that's when we knew it wasn't a helicopter. Okay. We, were, we were ready to get out of there. <laughs> so my question is, um, and this was around the age of 14, and you were with your friend, right? Um, yeah. My question is, as you hear these reports all the time, with these um, UFO lights uh, streaming, shining on top of individuals, uh, just like you see on television, you can't see, you put your hand up to your eyes, you're, the, the glow is so bright that it, you know, you almost can't, can't, you can't see much of anything, and then usually what happens is um, someone either gets taken or brought up to this craft or, or um, and brought back down. I guess my question here, because people are going to ask this question is, uh, do you think that you were paralyzed and part of you were abducted? Was there any time loss here? No, actually, I think we escaped the raft, believe it or not, now that you, you know, 
saying what you're saying. I think we were right on the verge of it, but we sensed it, and we got out of there um, just in time, I believe. But um, then, that, and when it knew we had escaped, is when it it, it took off. So, but I did have another episode where I did lose some time here recently. Well, not recently, but here close to the house. But that's another story. <laughs> we want to hear about it. Well, um, I was actually um, driving the car, and we're on a rural road. I looked over, and it looked like there was a, an antenna, you know, a radio antenna, out in the cornfield. And I told my girlfriend, I said, when do they put a radio antenna over there? It was like three lights, one in the middle, one at the bottom, one at the top. And then as soon as I said that, all, all lights shrunk down to the middle, and it shot straight over and hovered above my car. Hmm. I stopped the car, and it it was making a noise. It sounded like uh, the exhaust fan over your stove. It's just real light. And this it was hovering over my car. Um, I actually looked out the window, and I could see up inside of it, um, and you could see the little jets of steam on the inside. And then I got to thinking about, wow, you know, what is in there observing me? And then I got scared. And about that time, it moved off, but it was hovering right over my car. So I turned the car around and started following it. And I watched it. It kept crisscrossing from one side of the road to the other. And I followed it back into town. And I seen it hovering above people's houses that were asleep. And then I kept following it. And then... As I was following it, we came to a four-way stop, and everybody's car was stopped at the four-way stop. And this craft came through the intersection real slow, and it was really low to the ground. And everybody that had stopped their car were watching it, and it's like time stopped. Hmm. And as it moved through the intersection real slow, then it sped up. Okay? Hmm. Then... Everybody was there was confused because everybody tried to go at once. All four cars, boom. Mm-hmm. And everybody hit their brakes. And then slowly we all went one at a time. Mm-hmm. It was like a glitch or something in time. So when did you see this um, unusual craft? Um, this is about 1988. 1988, okay. And that's when I started uh, seeing craft in that area consistently okay would you mind telling us what state you're in don't tell us where you were but what state you're in indiana indiana hmm okay and this is like in a a rural cornfield area yeah yeah and if any of you that oh i'm sorry oh no i was gonna say anyone who's familiar with indiana knows that your guess is as good as mine i used to also i used to live in indiana and it's it's all cornfields, but anyway, yeah. So continue. So, um, so since then, I would see the craft again because I would recognize it, seeing them in the sky. They would they would be sitting there in the dark. They would turn their lights on. If an airplane would come by, they would shut their lights off. Hmm. And if I seen if I seen that craft in the sky, I knew to go over to this cornfield where I'd seen them before. And it would every time it would come over there. And it would like do a flyby, real low on the ground, and across the field and back into the sky. It was just like it was telling me to go over there. And it and it wasn't a drone, and it wasn't. uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the the Hoff Planet illustrate or it's on the computer, but it's like a four dimensional. It's it's a fifth dimensional. Uh, thing moving in a fourth dimension. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I can show it to you later. But yeah. this thing came down from the sky, and it was like a Ferris wheel, and it rolled across the field. But it was I, the only way I could describe it was a Ferris wheel. But if you look at that Hoff planet um, on the YouTube, that's how it was moving, and it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Did you say very did, colorful? Did you say Hoff H O F F? P-H. P-H-O-F-F? I think so. Okay. H- or uh, or uh, H-O-P-H. H-O-P-H. Okay. Hoff Planet. You got your computer there? 
Yeah, well, I can't go to it right now, but I'm writing it down, and so are our guests listening. And so if you go to the Hoff Planet, and you can spell it H-O-P-H, or, yeah, Planet Hoff, that would Um, give a good illustration. Right, and it's it's like it moves... It, it moves into itself. It comes out of itself at the same time. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I wonder what the attraction is of it. Although you know, of course, what time of what time of day or night did this occur? It was in the summertime, about eight or nine o'clock at night. Okay. And the thing of it is, I had seen it, and I and I was leaving work at the gym. And I told somebody, come out here and look at this. It's hovering over people's houses and stuff. Huh. And he's like, oh, that, that's a helicopter. And he went right back in. So I beat it over to that field, and that's the night it came right down there. And I call a flyby. Yeah. But these people are missing it. I tell them, look, you know, but they don't have time, and they don't look up in the sky. They don't even look straight ahead in the sky. <laughs> well, I was going to say, how many of us really take the time to look up in the sky except to check the weather? right? I think that that's really um, very fascinating. And I think that one of the things that is a little scary about it is that, of course, people will discount it and they'll say, oh, that's a helicopter or that's a some kind of a copter. or Oh, they came out with some kind of a drone or, you know, you you name it. And they're just, it's just confusing everybody because there's so many toys in the air these days. We can't keep them straight anymore. Well, the thing of it is, when I was in the Army, I was at Fort Carson, Colorado, which is the home of the Cobra yeah. helicopter. And I know um, what um, these aircraft sound like. They kick up a lot of dust. They make a lot of noise. So I do definitely know how to distinguish um, even a drone from from a craft. Let's talk a little bit about the the military just a little bit here not big details on it but just a little bit because so you were 14 at the time that you saw this thing in the cornfield from the age of 14 to I believe you said maybe around the age of 18 when you went into the military uh, do you recall at all having many paranormal or extraterrestrial type experiences from 14 to 18 from uh, not paranormal but um but extraterrestrial, I would say. Okay. Just seeing crabs all the time. And I just, just counted that I was just observant. I'm an observant person. And if something's around me, I'm going to try and find it, you know? So when you see these things and you point them out to others that might be with you, do they also see them? Well, I'm usually all, always alone. Yep. I, like I said, I invite people. I'm like, I see it, come with me. And they just, they discount it. I don't so I guess it's just something that is personal to me. Well, one of the things, too, is that all of our eyes are made a little differently. And you also, you hear these reports all the time when someone says, well, can't you see it? It's right there. And someone looks over there and they go, no, I, I can't see it at all. And so there is a lot to be said about people's abilities to be able to see things. And the reason why I ask this, too, is because... You know, at the age of 14, when you have a beam of light shine on you, even from a craft in a cemetery, although I, you know, it makes me wonder if they're grave robbing or something. I don't know what they're robbing. There's really technically no human soul underneath the ground anymore. It's, it's someone's body or decomposed body. So I don't really know what the value would have been there. So what's really interesting about all this is that when people have experiences and for example in the cemetery and um, you've got a something above you um, hovering with a light shining down but what fascinates me about your story you know when you're at the age of 14 there is that it didn't necessarily leave readily and for those of you listening right now I do have a helicopter going over my house so just bear with the sound because all of a sudden that just came from nowhere. So what's really interesting about all this is that when people have their experiences, especially one as, I would say, kind of compelling and traumatic like you did in the cemetery, especially with the craft that shines a beam 
on the very location where you were standing. That's kind of interesting to me because, and it just kind of stayed there. It's a little odd too. It's almost like, well, no one's standing there anymore. Why are you showing your beam there? But, um, and how long did you say it, it was beaming before it finally kind of retreated and took off? How long do you think? Enough time for us to get in the car get it started and go down a gravel lane about 300 feet and then turn right and then we could see it from the side and it was still shining the light where we were and it was a it was an unbelievable beam of light yeah and that's part of me is wondering ever you hear people who have had reports of if that beam of light impacted you touched you in a way that you to this day are not even aware of because you've had an awful lot of experiences I begin to wonder I use the word if there's the possibility that you could have been marked by this thing and from that give off some kind of a I don't want to use the word signal that's probably a really bad word but kind of a signal to anything that might be around you that you know you've been you know you've been discovered and uh, they want to continue to, um, I don't know, chase after you or whatever. But let's talk a little bit about when you went into I the... Do, oh, go I ahead. Do that, um, I do know that I absorbed that beam of light. You did? Yeah. And what did it feel like? There was no feeling. It was just so bright and intense, just like pulsating into your brain. But then when we got to down the road and we could see it from the side, the aura from the beam that was still shining was bouncing back on the craft and you could see the the bottom of it and it was just like real thick cast iron cast iron any colors that's the only way i could describe it it was gray gray the the cast iron be the the craft was gray was the yeah, beam or any like colors iron, it looked like a cast iron texture texture Okay, and the colors, when you say it was bouncing back like the aura, did the aura have any color? It looked like it had some green and blues. Green and blue. Mm. Why does that not surprise me, green and blue? And the reason why I say that is because I, I looked at a photograph someone showed me quite a, about a year or two ago when I was at a bed and breakfast, and this gal was walking through, and I can't remember how we got into the discussion. I didn't know this person from Adam, and she showed me some of her pictures. And um, anyway, green and blue, green and blue. And uh, yeah, and not only that, so green, blue, and red, and white. There's white in there. People would say, oh, that was a helicopter. Oh, that was this or that. But no, there's a lot to, to be said about um, things that are... UFO-ish or extraterrestrial that emit or give off or what not a green blue essence. Would you say that that's a pretty good description? Well, I would tell you I am actually considered colorblind by the military and so I've seen those colors vibrantly um, and they seem to be colors that are not in the human spectrum. Oh, a different color of green, a different color of blue? Just slightly. slightly. It just has a, like a slight neon to it. Oh, a neon, kind of like a glow? Interesting. Very interesting. So you're now in the military, and you're um, doing your duty for the military, and you have had the, I don't want to say the privilege or the job, I guess the job is a better word, of uh, using, of course, what we all know to be um, night vision, probably goggles of some sort, and your job was to protect, and so guard and protect, uh, looking around. So you have, you have, from what I understand from our conversation, you have seen UFO-ish type activity in the sky, especially as a guard, correct? Oh, yes, ma'am. All right, can you tell us a little bit about the very first time you just got into the military, you're asked to guard, da-da-da, you've got these night vision goggles or glasses or whatever, and what what was your reaction the very first time that you saw what you believed to be a UFO? Well, I was shocked um, to see how fast they go across the sky. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, 
sometimes um, we take a break, lay on our backs, and look at the sky. And above these um, sites that we were guarding, and way off into space, you could see these craft that would bounce like pinballs from star to star to star to star. And they would just bounce across the whole sky, maybe going 10, 20 light years in a second. And um, that was amazing to me. So is it fair to say that these were not satellites? They couldn't be. Is it fair to say that it wasn't maybe man-made by our own hands? No, it's too far out of the space. Too far out. And there's, you know, you can't bounce 20 light years in a second. What color? Could you tell? Well, I don't know. I've never looked through night vision goggles yet. What color were they? Well, with the with the night vision, it would be like a little lime green. Lime green. Yeah, that's what I've seen, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it was yellow night vision, it'd probably be bright yellow or something like that, right? But without the goggles, you wouldn't be able to see that at all. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I know that uh, one of the things I've been talking with Dale about is that... Um, Eventually, I'm going to go on some night watches myself so I can see some of this stuff with my own eyes. But I have, from what it's been described to me and what I've seen, can't believe everything you see on television, but there's some things that you probably can believe. That's exactly what I'm anticipating. So, very interesting. So, how long were you in the military for? Six years. Six years, and throughout that time, were you always um, kind of like in a guard position? Yeah, I was in a mechanized infantry, and so I would I drove an armored personnel carrier. Okay. And uh, you know, guard duty is a big uh, is a big do is it takes a lot of our time, but um, but we do other things. We're always outside, always out in the field. So I'm up. I was observing the, the sky daily. Okay. Twenty four seven. And one of the things that um, I'm always curious about, so. You're in there for a good period of time doing your job. You see this stuff daily. You're going, ah, look at them. Wow, there they are again. And I would assume that they're in the sky pretty much daily, unless the sky is cloudy, of course. You probably can't. It's got to be a pretty much a clear sky, right? Well, Colorado, the skies are very clear. Brilliant and clear, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would love. I would. Yeah, I would love to see this at in a sky that has brilliance to it because then I, I have a, you know, that's like kind of like the wow factor here. So while all this was going on and everything, did you ever have a frightening experience? We're talking from age six all the way now to age maybe 24. If you had what you would consider to be a traumatic or a frightful experience? Um, well, I, I worked for a steakhouse and my job was to go in at 3 in the morning till 11 and 11 o'clock the restaurant would open so actually I just uh, got the restaurant ready, mopped the floors, you know made sure the bathrooms were clean the kitchens were clean Um, and so I was there all by myself but when I was training in um, the guy that was training me was quitting because of the ghost and I just thought it was a joke you know I didn't believe him and um so the first time I was there by myself in the morning, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, I was in the kitchen mopping, and um, I heard something that sounded like a chihuahua with long fingernails run down a stainless steel table that they did the prep on, and then it jumped onto the tile floor and ran past me and up underneath the dishwasher. You could just hear it, and you could you could hear... Uh, the sound change of its claws from the stainless steel to the tile floor. And so that really freaked me out. Then the next day I was uh, mopping in front of um, the grill. And what had happened in the past is a man came in there and had chased his wife around during a, a, while she was working at the restaurant, chased her around with a gun, and she, she had ran to this grill, which was a dead end, and he shot her and shot himself. And this, I didn't know that. Okay, so what happened is when I stuck the mop up under the grill, I heard a noise and I looked over to my left and it was that lady that had been killed and she was 
pouring, she had a, a glass and she was putting it under the Coke fountain and she was looking at me. She had on a cowboy hat that was her uniform um, at the steakhouse. She had a skirt on and no legs and she was just looking at me and then all of a sudden, it was like an old uh, slide projectors, you know, it just clicked on and then clicked off. Yeah. And, and the next thing you know, I was out the back door and I quit the job and I've never quit a job in my life. So when, so you're telling me that an incident had happened when you were not there where this man had chased this wife or girlfriend into the back there, into the um, back room where you're at and he, uh, he killed her back there, but, but you didn't really know that at the time. No. Did you ever hear the story of that before you started this job? No. Okay. No. I just know the guy training me was, he was quitting the job because he told me that um, he was hearing voices behind, in his ears. And and when I went to train with him, he had the music on the radio real loud. And I said, why? He said, so I can't hear him talking to me. And I, hmm. I just thought, you know, wow, <laughs> I didn't believe it. That's, I, I think that's fascinating. But it's very true when apparitions do show. It's like a three to five second max play right there. It was just like chick 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 chick. Yep. Gone. Yep. The thing it is though with the claws in the kitchen. Yeah. On the tile. Yeah. I found out later that um, you know they were having a banquet there at the time, and she had on some type of high high heel. Yep. And he was chasing her around, and uh, that may correlate with what I heard because they said that they could hear her heels clicking when she was running from him. Interesting. Do you, do you think that she was, you know, the I don't know if you know the difference between a residual haunting and an intelligent haunting. Intelligent would be that they're still active to the point where they're aware that you're there and they just want to show to you and then they just kind of, well, they can only hold their energy for three to five seconds and then they're gone. Do you think that this was more was by when she looked at you? What was the expression on her face? I couldn't see her face. You couldn't I see mm-hmm. her head was pointed toward me. Okay, and so do you think that this could that she was like an intelligent apparition, or do you think that the conditions outside were right during that moment, and it was a replay of her when she had been there? Well, I can't really say that for sure, but I do know that there was an emotional fear that came with it that ran me out of the building. Okay. Um, and I've never felt that any other time before. Okay. And it was just like, it was a feeling that surrounds you, you don't know which way it's coming from. Yeah. And it, what scares you is you don't know what it is and where it's coming from. Right. If you know, if you know what something is and which way it's coming from, you're not as afraid. Yeah. But if it's like, if it's vibrating around you like, you know, like those bowls. Yeah. That makes a tone. If the fear is a tone type thing, that's scary. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, the other thing that goes on in my mind, did you say that the gentleman that shot her killed himself or is he, he was still he, alive? Oh, he, he did? They both died right there where I was mopping. Okay. It's like, it's like when I stuck them up underneath the grill. That's when it kind of set it off. And she was standing there looking at me. You know, the one thing that goes on in my mind, too, is whether or not he was there as well. He might have been scaring her, and she was trying to let me know. Right. No, right. Exactly. Beware. You know, um... It definitely made me leave the building. How old were you then? Well, let's see. I was probably... 18 or 19 years old. Just before the military or after? Um, just before I left. Okay, all right. I'm just trying to connect some dots here, that's all. Right before, yeah, it was right before I went in the military. Okay, so I let... Work, I got tired of working, you know, jobs and restaurants and stuff. I think many of us are just tired of working our jobs, period. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, isn't it, Dale? I have a question regarding um, something that you're becoming well known for. And my question would be, um, I like the term that uh, you you refer to yourself as an orbologist, okay? <laughs> and I, I like that because I think that 
from my review of your Facebook pages, and I haven't really seen much on your YouTube or anything like that, I can honestly tell you that with my experiences going on and people hear about my experiences all the time, I was very, very thankful that I was finally led from something, probably led to you to take a look at some of the stuff you've captured. So let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about about orbs just for the moment and we're going to connect some dots here. So Dale and I have had a discussion earlier regarding um, a question I have had. Uh, so many of you know that um, I was scheduled to speak at a UFO conference uh, this year and of course because of the pandemic it unfortunately had to be postponed until 2023 at some point. But I was going to bring up the question at the conference, how can you tell if the orb activity that is intelligent, not dust, not bugs, not moisture, not things that people are trying backscatter, people are trying to always pass off as it being, but the real deal of something propelled, flying around, captured by our night vision cameras, how can you tell if it's paranormal or whether it's um, extraterrestrial? And Dale, why don't you, you're talking about a couple different kinds of, of uh, orb activity. Would you mind just kind of jumping in and giving us your impressions on what you've discovered while you immersed yourself in this? Sure, I appreciate the compliment too. Um, well, um, just like Marlena Marcan from the Orb Truth, um, she's established that um, there are spiritual orbs, and I have videos uh, with my deceased father, his face in them. And then there are um, extraterrestrial orbs, which are for what we know and what we see are holograms um, and each hologram can contain beings sometimes up to a thousand she has, she has counted so basically they're touring in little balls and they're looking out I have pictures of people looking out of them um, so I believe they're coming into our dimension and out and, and they are traveling from somewhere else and they may not be they, they may be remotely somewhere else, but they're being as they're they're viewing what's going on as they fly by. And so we are we have potentially extraterrestrial orbs. We have spirit orbs that could be connected to our loved ones. And I can't remember you had another orb that you're talking about. Then we then we have what I call a terrestrial, which means it's coming out of the ground. Okay. Um, I've I have videos of the vortex in a basement to where these uh, orbs are coming directly out of the ground. I believe there's, they're birthing there, and then they're going off on their way. Um, you know, just like the vents in the deep ocean, uh, they're they're creating new life. And so I believe these vortexes I've found, I can get in there and then see them as they as as they're being birthed, I guess. But I would call that terrestrial. But they're also extraterrestrial because they're not from here. But they're they're already here. They're coming out of the earth. And what do it's you? Hard to pin, it's, in, it's hard to pin a name on it. What do you think um, when they come out? Do you think they collect together to make a bigger orb, or where are they going, and what do you think their intentions are? Well, I know that they they school like fish, or are they fly, or are they fly like birds? You know, so. Uh, flock, so you can see them. They'll all go one way and they'll go the other. So they're communicating somehow with each other. About their intentions, I don't know. I really don't. I can't say that. But um, they're really fast. I mean, they don't linger very long. I think Paul Little, my buddy, has uh, the longest orb recorded on video. Which I think he still has that record. So Paul Little, um, for those of you who are wondering who he is, I think if you go on Facebook and you put in Paul V. Little, L-I-T-T-L-E, 
I believe he lives in Australia, and just recently, with the Orb Whisperer, correct? And uh, he has a couple of videos on there, but what caught my eye was that, uh, and I talked about it on this show a few months ago, is that I captured some orbs that he had in his living room on one of his videos in particular that he says, yeah, look at, here are these orbs with a hole in them. Well, I think if some of you go back and review one of my shows, you're going to say and hear me say, gosh, and then there I captured this orb and it has a hole in it. And I tried to look up some research on what it was or where it came from because I only captured one. But there's also another one we referred to it as Nacho. And it was just like something, an orb that had kind of an, like if you put your finger into the orb and it creates a notch, that that was flying around um, where I was at too that I captured. And he had that on his video as well. Dale, have you ever captured an orb with a hole in it or one that had a notch in it? Well, yeah, I've caught a few. They're rare. I've caught a few down in the vortex. Um, they don't stay that in that for me, they don't stay in that shape very long, but but I have um, I have seen them, and they're very rare. There's definitely a unique orb. Interesting, yeah. And we, of course, we don't know what or who they are. And yes, when you talk about a school of orbs in his living room, he had quite a few of them all dancing around in there. It wasn't just one; he had many. I captured one nacho and one with a hole in it. I believe that on a nightly basis when I was photographing in the uh, location where I was at, I firmly believe it was the same one just wanting to keep in front of my camera. But um, have you captured now, for those of you, Dale, what what website can people uh, go on just to see some of your videos and some of your images? Well, I have a YouTube channel, The Orbologist, um, that has all my videos on it. Um, and then on uh, Facebook, Dale White, I have uh, all my images on there. Um, and if you want to go to Orb Truth Group, I also have all my images on there, too. Orb Truth and the Parallel Dimension, which is Marlena Markian. Um, it's, she... Um, has been researching the orb phenomenon for many, many years, and she has many photos and analysis of the beings and sentinel beings, centennial beings, and and she has also recorded that uh, many, they have many of these beings are wearing different types of helmets, which is fascinating too. Oh, that's interesting. That I mean, are you saying orbs that are wearing helmets? No, the beings that are in, that are in the orbs. No, that are in the orbs are wearing little helmets. No, the ones that are peering out. Yeah, they actually have helmets. Oh, one more time on her name. Marlena Marquin. Marlena, I used to, oh, she, she is awesome, and she would love to share her information with you. Is she on? Is she on Facebook? Did you say? Yes. Do you know? Can you do you know the spelling of her last name? M A R M A R C A C A N C A N M A R C A N. Can we talk? Are are we able to talk about this Shirley that you're referring to, or is that sensitive oh, sure. information? No, Shirley's awesome. Um, she uh, Shirley Ryan is her name, and uh, she has uh, several books. She's an author. You can find her on Facebook. Okay. And uh, tell us what makes Shirley so special. Well, what makes Shirley so special is that she was always giving me feedback on my pictures and my photographs, and she was right every time. I mean, um, when I when I communicate with people, you know, I I see what they say in the, in the overall picture. And sometimes there'll, there'll be one thing off, but she's never been off on anything that she said about any of my pictures. And then, so she started telling me that um, that these, what people call rods, I call them plasma creatures. She said they were called cream, and she said they're from a different planet. 
and that they couldn't stay here too long because they don't have food here for them to eat. And also with the food thing, I've been learning lately from my dear friend um, Stephanie. She uh, she's been teaching me about the the food that orbs eat, and um, and, and I. I did already know this, but they do feed off of light. They feed off of auras. Um, that's why I wear those colored glasses in the basement, because they feed off the aura from it. So just to explain what he's talking about, if you would go to his Facebook page or his YouTube um, site, you will see him um, explain that he's putting on these very neonish kind of flashy um, uh, glasses that apparently the orbs like to feed off of. And you'll also see in especially one of his videos, he is just completely enamored and just engulfed by a lot of flying orbs. Is that, is that pretty close to, so when you wear those glasses, Dale, what you're doing is, are you kind of feeding these orbs? Is that why they're so excited swarming around you like that? Exactly. <laughs> it's very, like throwing in the water. Very interesting. You know, I didn't even know that. Now, the other thing, though, that you bring up, because people know that I've been talking about these or, these propelled whitish, of course, orbs flying around in my house, in my office after I leave, or maybe even they're here right now, and then also being touched by something in my bedroom by them um, when we got home from a trip we were on. And I would say that, you know, we all have an aura. It just depends on what color this aura is. Are they more attracted to any particular color from what you've um, discovered in in, uh, being around them? Uh, They love blue. They love blue. They love color, yeah. (laughs) Well, that would explain why they're in my office a lot then because I've been told and I have a photograph of me with my aura around me and it's nothing but blue, very blue and also a little purple. Right, and and one of the, see I don't really take what people say. I, I've learned on my own these things and what's, what started with the feeding thing is I was in the basement of the mansion, and I seen this ray of light coming through the basement window, and it was it was over on a piece of wood, the beam, and where it was on the beam, the orbs, uh, well, it was on a piece of wood, this this beam of light, and the orbs were going to it and feeding off of it, and it was, you know, almost the only light in the room, and that's how I noticed it, and so they're feeding off of uh, the aura from the sun also. Oh, from the sun as well. Yeah, see, the sun was coming. The beam, the sun was coming through the window, and the basement was dark, so it was just a little beam of light, and they were feeding off of that. Interesting. I want everyone to go and look at this video he's talking about because you will be amazed, Dale. So let's move this into another. uh, The question people are going to now, of course, ask. So with. People have many different kinds of religious beliefs, and based on those religious beliefs goes with whether or not they're a skeptic or a believer or just not sure. And so if you were to bring this up to a skeptic, perhaps, especially one that's very religious, perhaps, um, they might say to you, are you sure what's not swarming around you isn't demonic? What's your thoughts about someone who says to you, oh my gosh, I see what's happening around you. Are you sure that's not all demonic? What's your thought? I would say that they're not aware of what's going on around them because it's, it's going on around, I mean, this is going on around people and they can't see it. It's not, our eyes aren't uh, able to pick up that spectrum of life. And so right. I'm just the person that have learned how to uh, I'm just a videographer. I, I've just learned how to capture it on film. I think it has a lot to do with the lighting and, and the type of camera you use. I use an old cell phone. I refuse to get a new one because these new ones are designed to filter these things out. Yeah, you said the magic word, which is filter. Yeah. So that's um, why a lot of, a lot of uh, 
the paranormal investigators that use a Polaroid because, you know, it's for to collect evidence. So. Well, and Dale's not yeah. wrong there because I used to be a professional, I still am a professional photographer. And one of the things that I did notice was that depending on the filter that I had, even on some of my professional cameras versus other cameras that didn't have that, things would be picked up on differently. And that is key to the ability to be able to see some of this stuff is what kind of filter do you have on your camera. Now, I've got an Android right now, I'll tell you that. And when I go out of my room and I shut off my lights and I turn around and I start flashing pictures, I can see these things coming out of the wall even more so than ever before, even beyond what my night vision camera picks up in my room. Okay. Exactly. And so it's, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Dale. Go. I've also noticed, and and other people notice it too, um, that uh, you say, what I do is I shoot a video and then I'll take screenshots on the computer from that. Right. The 30th of a second. Right. Um, but, but what I've noticed is that the orb activity is really intense when you first turn the camera on. Yes. And then it's, and then it, um, and then it dissipates. Yes. So, why? Why is that? Like, okay. I think it's like, okay, we've been, you've seen us and there's nothing more we can do. You know, go download your video. <laughs> no, but that, that is exactly. That is exactly what I'm experiencing here in my house. So here's an example. So my husband and I go on this trip, right? And I'm watching my rooms from, well, how far? 2,000 miles away. I'm watching them. And I always say to my husband, hmm, this is very strange. Uh, I don't see any activity going on anywhere in these rooms. And when I'm around, oh, when I'm around, all of a sudden, um, when the lights go off and my night vision camera goes on, it's capturing sometimes a fireworks display of this stuff or they're coming out of the walls or my mannequin or sometimes out of my dresser or out of the TV, you know, that kind of thing. All right, so we get home, right? And I'm proud. No, go ahead. I was just going to say then when we got home and I was in bed, probably no more than 15 minutes, something had touched my arm and then touched my ear. But I'm going to ask you about that in just a moment. So yes, but then all of a sudden, it'll dissipate, um, probably after a good 5, 10 minutes. Sometimes I've captured it, though, as long as 20. But um, And then I'm like, okay, where'd they all go? So what I'm are your... Thinking, go ahead. My thoughts are they're feeding off the light of the camera, and once they get full, they're done. Oh, I see. Or even the, or the light that still is resonating right. in the room once you shut the light off. Am I correct on that? Right. I would say you're onto something here because that's exactly because when it's dark, there's no light in here. You know, um, there's a blue light that shines from my cable box that's always in here. But I don't know if that glow is exciting enough for them. I really don't know. So have you ever been, I watched that one video of yours where you're just absolutely engulfed by them and they're all swarming around you. Do you ever feel them? Yeah, I can feel, it feels like a butterflies flying around me. I think they get excited when I first get down there to see me because I've spent so much time with them. Um, and I always go down there by myself, so... They don't, I don't know, they, they just seem excited when they see me. And when you put the glasses on, they're even more excited? Oh, yeah, they get, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just like horrible time for them. <laughs> and and I could turn the glasses on where they keep changing colors. They like that, too, and, and they'll mimic the color of the glasses as it changes. Or it's the, it's what they've... Uh, consumed from the color of the glasses of the of that we're learning right now about this feeding thing yeah i think that that's really interesting i um i've been learning this from my friend stephanie james she's a dear girl but i met her um she's been teaching me about i I already knew that they were feeding off light but she's been teaching me about their different feeding techniques and have you ever had any of these orbs drain your energy yes 
Yes, and it's in one of my videos. Um, it's called Ghost in a Basement. It was, it was more of a, a like a vapor that um, I invited into me, which I will never do again. But I laid in bed for like five days with a paranormal hangover. Um, it's it's on my YouTube channel. It's called Ghost in the Basement, and you can see I invited it in. You can see it go in into my chest, and I say, "Wow, what a rush!" But after I went home, <laughs> it wasn't so funny. <laughs> Dale, I think you and I could go on forever and ever about this topic. Next time, I think we will have you back to talk a little bit about the connection of orbs with mirrors. But I think we've given our listeners enough to chew on tonight. How's that sound? Thank you again, Dale, for everything that you've shared with us tonight. Again, to the listeners, if you're interested in viewing any of his images. Go to Facebook, put in Dale, D-A-L-E, White, W-H-I-T-E, and you are looking for the Dale White that looks like a bodybuilder. And then you've got the right man. On the YouTube channel, go to Orbologist, and I believe he may also have a blog called Orbologist, which could be found on Facebook. And if you start taking a look at some of his videos and take a look at some of those pictures and go back quite a ways, you will be absolutely amazed at the type of evidence he has uncovered for all of us to see. Thanks again, Dale, and thanks again to all of you for listening to Paranormal Encounters podcast series. Good night.